you can join the army again and write some Fuck that shit! <laughs> I don't hate myself enough to go back to that hellhole. Also, oh. I've been honorably discharged, which means even in the event of a war, I cannot be brought back unless decreed by my government itself that I can be what brought back. What have you done to be honorably discharged? Have you stuck off all the generals in Mentally the army? Mentally ill! Ah. Well, so they use the honorable in a sarcastic way then. Hello, welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian, Kuan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy but who are not native English speakers or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. One person. No, you're hiding something. I think you have one. I'm gonna find it. You can try. I'm God gonna damn. find it. I'm gonna use it as a trailer. I have. Pixelate. My okay. pawn is online. I only have eighty minutes oh, get left. This on, right. Then get this on the podcast. Then my Yay. pawn is online. If you can find it, you get a cookie. Let's let's go. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. My pawn is online. No, I'm supposed to speak for this is my podcast. No, it's not anymore. Respect the host. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Comedy with an Accent. Welcome as to Porn Comedy. Kind of, uh, as you can imagine, I'm with a very loud and rather effeminate guest. So we are having <laughs> a podcast camp off today. So if our homosexual energy is inundating <laughs> your room, live with it. <laughs> <laughs> some people are gay. What's that? Some? No, no, there's a slogan. So some people are oh, gay. So, so, get some over people it. are gay. Get used to it or something. Oh. Or suck it up. I don't know. There's a slogan. Anyway. I'm presuming the audience have already picked up a little bit of accent from our guests, but I'm gonna oh. welcome you with a song from the singer who's a diva from your country. From uh, my country? Yeah, okay. next to a microphone, instead of just editing this music in. Yeah, okay. He frowned. He doesn't know who the f that is. Is this Stephanie's son? Yeah! Oh, it's Stephanie, yes. Stephanie, she's fun. I, I met her. She's a lovely lass. Okay, so in a tune of Ligua, let's welcome my guest today. That is Sansi. Oh. You know, it's said that she's only a star outside of Singapore because nobody gives a shit about her inside of Singapore. You're such a cunning little bitch. I told you. <laughs> A shit about the. I'm literally in the UK because no one gives a shit about the art. Okay, let's be fair I though. Okay, money to listen, fly to this listen, studio. Listen, yeah. you're from Singapore. Uh-huh. I know you guys are rich. Yeah. But the size of Singapore is a little pigeon dropping. Mm -hmm. So if she's yeah. big outside Singapore, but no one cares about her Singapore, mm, I think that's the right order, isn't it? True, but we have better GDPs <laughs> than most of your f***ing places. Okay, I mean, so how, about, how many APEC HQs are there in Taiwan? I told Taiwan? you, she's mm -hmm. calm, she's loud, mm -hmm. she's noisy. That's Maintain some politeness for oh, at least yes, 20 yes, minutes. Yes. We'll try, we'll try. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is yeah. a whole professional setup right here. Are you sure he's not the host of this? Because he knows more of you all this than you. the most talkative and disrespectful guest of Of Pesto. course. <laughs> That's why you get me. You're in your, Singaporean. You expect this Asian like, oh, hello, yes, you want me to be respectful. And Singapore. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no, let me bow for you. Let me bow for you. Like, you want that kind of shit, mother? I'm not white. Don't play the Asian stereotype in front of me. I mean, but you wanted the Asian <laughs> shit. You wanted me to be respectful. 
What do you want me to do? That's from an anger of being an elderly. An elderly? I actually don't know your age. Because now I look at you closer, mm, even yeah. though you have the Twinkie figure. Yeah, I'm actually a lot older than I look. No, yeah, well, at this distance, you are not as okay. Twinkie as they think what you. What year were you born? What's your Chinese horoscope? A uh, rooster. Shit, I might be one year older than you, or eleven Ooh. years younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were in your twenties, bitch. I'm not. But how come you have wrinkles if you were born? In- <laughs> I need to understand. I'm in a cold country for a week, so this this face ain't used to the cold yet. Okay. Kind of the thing was like after a while. No, also this thing on my head here. I was it. born with the head wrinkles. So you're like Maybelline. You were born with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got like all this extra skin here. How do you here. call in English the wrinkles on your? Forehead. It is wrinkles. But you know, in Mandarin, we have a specific term for that. My Mandarin's shite, love. <laughs> okay. I'm Singaporean. You know, our Chinese isn't good. <laughs> I know. That you was my little uh, thing to trick to make uh, you admit without uh, me having to ask for cunning okay. Taiwanese. So the wrinkles at the end of your eyes. At the end of my life. It's called the fishtail wrinkles uh-huh. in Mandarin. Wrinkles on your forehead. Okay, this is, this is so boring. Yes, it's kidding me. is great. <laughs> I could yeah. see the statistics, see the graphic when people start to drop off. And initially, some episode, okay. I make it very intellectual. Like, and go, to drop goes off. in deep, and people just drop okay. off like crazy. Uh, let, let's, after keep, <laughs> let's keep this more like, ah, oh, the, the, the football. Oh. Lighthearted. Let's yeah, satisfy. Oh, the, the footy. The oh, I love the footy. Oh, oh, so okay, Sam. Yeah. Sam, yeah. we still need to follow a bit of structure. Yeah, KW. Sansei, yes, KW. Uh, what is your mother tongue, technically? Uh, my mother tongue is Mandarin Chinese. It's not very good. But mother tongue, surely that should be your most proficient one. Not in Singapore. So Singapore, we all have a mother tongue, but we've all been trained to be proficient in English primarily. For some people, it did not take, but for most of us, it did. But you're now speaking with me in uh-huh. your neutral English rather yeah. than Singlish, right? Uh, so if I want to talk my Singlish, is more like this, if I want to be like that. But, oh, yeah, yeah, but this is also kind of how I talk like in Singapore. I just grew up with an accent. I never studied overseas. I just had this accent. So I find it fascinating when I go over to the West and people go, oh, you've got an Asian accent. Because when I'm in Singapore or in Asia, they go, oh, you have a Western accent. So I have an accent that exists nowhere. Yeah, I understand what you mean exactly. We're somewhere in the middle and people only notice the different element to it. So mm-hmm. Mandarin or Asian language speaker would notice the less asian pronunciation traits, mm-hmm. but yeah. whereas Western or English speakers would notice the more Asian influences in yeah. the way we speak. You are my second guest from Singapore. Well, you were always meant to be my first. I was waiting for you to arrive. Either I didn't know you were doing this tour. Sorry. I didn't manage to... <laughs> I mother... Okay. I tried. No, 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 because I first met Sam before okay. the pandemic during Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. Festival. Okay, so which one was the first Singaporean then? Is it Tin Hao? Or Tin Hao, it... yeah. Okay, good. We you are got actually. A good, one. good lad. Okay, good uh, lad. Okay, it doesn't make sense, but we have to think by the time you hear this episode, somewhere, I don't know, yeah. April, March, yeah. or May. So, no, but but yeah. we are on the fifth day or fourth day of Chinese New Year today. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to have hot pot later. Yeah. <laughs> we are all going for hot pot, which is the most Chinese thing. Hai di lao. So the reason I mentioned 
thing how is in his episode,、mm -hmm. I made a slightly misleading statement, and、oh. we couldn't fix it because I wasn't checking on my phone. I didn't、okay. switch off the flight mode. I said I believe that the national language in Singapore was English. Now your verdict: was the national well, language in Singapore officially on paper and for various legal reasons, the official language is Bahasa Melayu. That's Malay, right? Yeah, Malay. Why is it Bahasa Melayu? Because Malay is spoken throughout various Asian countries. Oh, okay. So in Indonesia, it's Malay, but it's Bahasa Indonesian. Ah, yeah. Malaysia Malay. Malay in Asia. <laughs> no, Malay Square. Malay Malay Malay.、Yeah. Malay Malay. <laughs> okay, so hi. Would you like to buy a rice paddy hat? There's no audience here, right? On paper, the national. I'm selling to camera. I'm selling to. Yo, we, camera we, we know we're gonna put this on the Instagram in a bit. We know we have to. That's the only way to get viewers. Okay, okay. Comment.、So, That's the only way we get engagement. No, we do want、fuckers. to get to the bottom of this question. So you're absolutely right. That's what I found on Wikipedia. Yeah, the yeah. national language on paper is Malay. Yeah, but the However, most common. However, the most common is English. Is English. Yeah. A kind of very detailed piece of information people may not be aware. The Chinese language in Written form has two main variety. One、mm. is the traditional, one is the simplified.、Mm -hmm. China simplified the writing that has been developed over thousands of years. I think in the fifties、mm -hmm. or sixties. About that, Singapore was one of the Chinese-speaking country that adopted the simplified writing very early on. Am I right? Yeah, because it's just easier to do trade with. So that's what I'm saying. Because they are pragmatic. Yeah. Or it's a euphemism、yeah. to say that little whore.、Yeah. Anyway, no, it's also like a thing. <laughs> on paper, the national language is Malay.、Mm -hmm. But in practice, the de facto lingua franca in Singapore is English, or to a degree, Singlish. English, Singlish is kind of like a bit of a slang. It's kind of like I guess how you guys have the Essex accents. Let's do it this way, though.、Accent. If you watch TV,、mm -hmm. I guess the news will be English,、mm -hmm. as neutral as possible.、Mm -hmm. If you watch a soap opera on Singaporean TV, it's, it's going to be English or Singlish. English. We do not have a lot of Singlish on national TV because it's owned by the government. So you they... don't have Singlish content. No, because why would we? They would be like, okay, is they allowed to do a podcast? Of course, you do your own podcast.、English. Yeah, of course, you do your own podcast. Free too. It's kind of like I said. It's like an Essex or Scouse accent. You can understand most of it. You don't understand some of it. It's like a. But it's not just、yeah. an accent. I guess it's you, like a modified are, dialect. No, but you also mix grammar from Chinese languages. So、True. actually, because even though I understand both sides, it's very difficult for me to understand.、Mm -hmm. All right, I'm gonna pursue this one because you did say your mother tongue is Mandarin,、mm -hmm. which is odd for me. I thought the Chinese Singaporean typically come from Fujian province or Canton. So I thought the mother tongue should either be Hakka Hokkien or Ah, so when Lee Kuan Yew took over, when we left Malaysia, he sort of standardized Mandarin. So he banned any of the additional dialects from national TV or radio. So there wasn't any propagating. Okay. So、dialects. what language do your grandparents speak? Uh, Hokkien. Do and, you understand、uh, Hokkien? Hokkien and Hakka. Hakka. I understand none of it. The only reason was that my parents used that language to talk secretly in front of us, so they never taught us how to speak. But、it. your parents spoke with you in Mandarin. English. 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 Mandarin. Yeah. So you learn Mandarin from school. Yeah, because most of my parents were Western educated, so they were just like, "Well, fuck it, we we got the education. We're gonna use the goddamn English." Funny, we I'm trying to be very careful how to describe it. Have you watched his dark material? His is that the. 
Is it basically... That's the thing, like the Chronicle of Narnia's before Atheists, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I've not watched it. Right. So he described in one of the world in that multi-parallel universe, everyone's soul is embodied by an animal that can talk to you. Uh, it's what's called a demon. And someone, when they are bumped with the demon or animal is cut out, they look almost dead. So now I'm looking at you, I just thought whether your demon has been cut out by Lee Guan Yu in a Singaporean uh... government. Okay, okay. To be fair, my Taiwanese or Hokkien is the same language, mm -hmm. should have been my mother tongue, but because of the language policy pursued by the Chinese government that came mm -hmm. to Taiwan, I don't speak fluent Taiwanese anymore. I can speak mm -hmm. it with a Pinyin accent, which is quite embarrassing. But if I were to talk to you in Taiwanese, you might get a faint idea, but you don't actually know. Yeah, hell, you can talk to me in a Singaporean accent, you can talk to me in any accent, I still wouldn't get a faintest clue because I barely understand the language of Mandarin in general. I so if I were to do one sentence, for example, say that, so do you know what I'm talking about no no wow i thought we can have a little chat no i don't i didn't even sound at all like this hokkien right yeah so i don't speak any hokkien like zero hokkien i only know mgoi and dule lomo that's it but that's cantonese i don't think that's oh even worse <laughs> How bad it is, gang. When I started out, my like, your Chinese is Chinese, can speak ah, is 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 Chinese, but ah, not can can speak, but but can't hear too much. See how broken it is. So when we go for a hot pot tonight, can we do the entire conversation in Mandarin, or would that be a struggle for you? I mean, give me enough alcohol, I'll try. <laughs> I'll give it a bash, love. Okay. Mystery, Mr. Self. So your mother tongue is Mandarin, and that's mm -hmm. why. It had it worse than me. So for your parents, grandparents' generation, it was Hokkien and Hakka, but then it kind of getting killed over time. By, yeah, by the state and the state, I'm not going to say propaganda, but the state programming into Mandarin. And when I was growing up, my parents barely spoke to me in Mandarin. They primarily spoke to me in English. Everyone around me spoke in English. When I went to school, I just really couldn't focus. Did you go in to Chinese? an international school? No, or? I went to local school. Local school. Yeah, that was the weird thing about this voice and this accent. I was raised in Singapore, raised around Singaporeans. I didn't meet internationals till I was like 16 or 18. And I still had this accent this entire time okay one fun thing okay so this is not actually singapore still about malaysia i find it very hard to separate this two no i understand we do have a history i used to help with mandarin speaker recruitment when i worked for an accountancy firm mm -hmm. and they noticed a lot of people lied about their mandarin proficiency <laughs> so they asked me to do some screening i was like but i'm taiwanese i speak with yeah. different accents that is all right but at least you can talk some of them can't even talk yeah. so they would have for example like a china club mm -hmm. inside the company i feel ashamed it's taiwanese that used to China join a club. Club. I but... mean, you'll be joining the China Club soon, sweetheart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Give it a year or two. <laughs> you guys can't wait for it to happen, do yeah. we? No, anyway. I don't want it to happen. But I'm like, let's not mince words. Like no, no, we, no. we know when this coven war is done, China's okay, gonna okay. be well. Our turn. Let me finish this story. So you're in the club. You're in the China club. The China club, and I know who to watch out for. Is typically the Malaysian students. The dodgy ones yeah. are always in that group <laughs> because in Malaysia, um, if you're Chinese Malaysian, mm -hmm. your school journey by Bifurcate at some point. You have to choose a Mandarin school mm -hmm. or you go for international English school. That's what I understand in Malaysian system. In the old days, before China had this economic clout, it was considered more fashionable. Your social status was considered higher up if you speak less accented English. To achieve that, the more well of Chinese Malaysian would send their kids to international school. Yeah. Which means 
their Mandarin is crap. I mean, Malaysian Mandarin has a very strong accent, but Malaysian who went to Chinese school, they do speak fluent Mandarin relatively, which means by the late 90s or early 2000s, when China's economy took off, these people who used to be considered slightly lower class in Malaysia, in the Chinese Malaysian packing order, suddenly mm -hmm. found them having a great asset. And those who could internalize that, we are basically white, except for our skin color, but we talk white, suddenly found that they want to jump on the bandwagon, but they can't actually use the language mm -hmm. that well. I don't want to hurt these people's feelings, but there is a great irony in that, isn't yeah. it? Okay, I'm gonna go back to my usual first question because I need to clear mm -hmm. your background, establish the basic information. You have answered it at some point, but Sam, do you think you have an accent when you speak in English? Absolutely. <laughs> Lord knows what the accent is. No one knows what it is. Like I said, the Westerners think it's Asian, the Asians think it's Westerner. I guess I just have a Sam C accent. I have this weird transnational accent that can never be placed or honed down in one position. I but it keeps changing as well. Like based on where I am, it will change. I mean, in Singapore, it will change to a little bit more Singaporean. While I'm here, it changes a little bit more English. Right now, it's not. I can tell it's not as English as it can be. But if I'm here for like another week, like have you picked up some Britishism since you arrived? Depends on what you mean by Britishisms, like terminology or just a noise or anything noticeable. Uh, uh. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, another no, no, one. no. I would say Sam's facial expression was spot on. How to describe it? That can't be ours. Yeah, it's the exhaustion of your country's the empire slowly falling apart <laughs> around you as a bunch of billionaires run your government. Uh, how do I describe it? He was doing very restrained, completely opposite to melodramatic facial expression. And that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right that Westerner can tell you're Asian, but they don't know where you're from. Uh -huh. But from Asia, I think I can tell you're kind of from either Singapore or Malaysia, but your accent is not as strong as a typical yeah. Singaporean. Also, that's the fun thing. You can tell I'm from Singapore or Malaysia because there is significantly more Western slant to it, whereas the rest of Asia doesn't. Because if you go from Malaysia up, hell, even Penang up, every accent is a lot more rooted heavily in the national culture and language. Whereas yeah. Malaysia and Singapore, we've learned to sort of ditch it to speak English to a more international audience. True, but I knew the subtle difference between different sounds and languages from China. Even though you're not fluent in Cantonese, it's so mixed up in the overall, there's mm -hmm. a, a strong influence of Cantonese, but it doesn't sound like the Hong Kong kind of Cantonese. It's a very westernized Asian speaking English with quite strong Cantonese influences. So my guests would easily go to Malaysia and Singapore, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. why. To be fair, that's also why I feel my Mandarin's been a bit crap over the years, because I could focus on the Mandarin, but I realized I wanted to do more work to Westerners and in the Western sphere. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I should probably focus on the English work on the different accents, whether it's an English accent or an American accent or an Australian accent. Yeah. Like I have to make sure it's like like it has to have some clarity and Chinese is great. It's a great language to learn. It, it excels a lot. I mean, Chinese stand-up is taken off. Like, I know a lot of people who are selling out and making a lot of money over very terrible material. But 
that's all. You can only hit the Chinese market, and I don't really want to play to the Chinese Okay, so there market. was the consultation. So first, when I was telling、mm. the story, as someone who speaks more fluent English than Mandarin, I hope I didn't hurt your feeling or something. Not at all. Because I do think what I say was factually yes, correct. Yes, absolutely. You also mentioned that you made a conscious decision as、mm. a Singaporean. You could have chosen one to、mm-hmm. as your primary market、yeah. to focus on,、mm-hmm. and you chose the English speaking、yeah. market specifically. Yeah, I mean, I could have been hardworking and done both, but eh. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a stand-up. We're not. We're not hardworking <laughs> people. We really aren't. We pretend to be, and then we spend most of our time in bed watching YouTube and going, "I should write." So you made a decision. You want to pivot. I think that's a word、pivot. a lot of people. I was listening to this、uh, podcast. You were told off for using the word pivot, and you were、pivot. forced to use transition instead. So、Most、you turned your、yeah. attention to、yeah. English comedy. Yeah. Did you have in mind that Singapore is only so big? Oh, by the way, I forgot to say. So Sam apparently opened for Jim Jeffrey when he visited Singapore,、mm-hmm. and also I heard on the podcast that you're kind of like a mother hen of modern Singaporean stand-up. Is that?、I've- Description I mean, true. So you're a matron, mama, modern. <laughs> <laughs> When you're good to mama. But at the time of recording, there is a very good drag queen who is currently playing Major Mama Morton in the US. Oh, I、yes. want to go. I know. I'm so sorry. Jin- you can say Jinx Monster. Jinx Monster. I、yeah. think my audience would、okay. know Jinx, Jinx Monster. Jinxy. Jinxy. Ah,、oh, good for her. Yeah. I mean, I have done a lot for the Singapore comedy scene. In my humble opinion, I have done a lot to create shows and cultivate opportunities down the line. Five years from now, I think history will decide for me if I did it well or not. Okay, there will be all right.、There. You're being polite, being、uh-huh. humble. We don't know whether you're mother hen of the Singaporeans. I did a lot thing, of shit for those. But, but you are、right. not nobody, basically. You're、yeah. one of the founding fathers. Not founding fathers. That is a bit of a stretch. Okay. What's the deal opening for Jim Jeffrey? Did you book it and make sure you get on the no, opening、uh, spot? No. No. He was doing the time the Jim Jeffrey's show on Comedy Central, and he was doing remotes in Asia. So for the Singapore section, hey, we're talking to some people about freedom in Singapore, and then his team reached out to this production company who went, hey. Do you have a Singaporean comic? And this is gonna be another name drop. Apologies, but no apologies. This guy who recommended me had seen me open for Kevin Bridges when he was in Singapore. Dropper the dropper the names. He was like, yeah, let's get Sam. I sat down with Jim to record. It was like less than three minutes, but we sat down for half an hour because we we're just having a really good time. Because the whole time before that, he was just interviewing a bunch of Singaporeans and law professors. So when it was with me, we were just like talking shit. He was doing a show that night, and he was like, "Hey, you free? Do you want to come to the show?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'd love to." And then when I was in the queue, his opening act. Who is a amazing comedian in his own right? Forest Shaw was like, "Do you just want to open?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure,、I'll、open." Did he give you his spot? No, no. They carved time out of the show. They added extra time just for me to open. Oh. Because、so、normally when you have these international acts, they bring their own opener. Opening for Jim Jeffrey. That's a super、yeah. big very, credit on you. Very、CV. rarely do you have local openers. But in my time, I've opened for some decent-sized names. That's the thing with Singapore. We're kind of like the Las Vegas of Asia. All these big names come in. Okay, can I ask you? So,、yeah. for listeners who are not from the UK, Kevin Bridges is from Scotland, and he can have a very strong Scottish accent. When Kevin Bridges performed in Singapore, did you notice he specifically softened his accent to make himself understandable? Yeah, he had to slow down, slightly soften, but slow down. <laughs> It's like I know some of the Scottish acts. There are some acts that are really good, but even they're like, yeah, I can't play Asia, which is really sad because some of them are really good. Like I want to bring Janie Godley down, but even she's like, I'm taking out gonna understand my ass. It is tough, especially Glaswegian. Kevin Bridges'、yeah. Glaswegian accent is very strong. Oh,、uh, there's a really good actor that I, like I know of. Like we follow each other. I saw him last week at the Monkey Barrel. Great act, but. 
Give it accent. Christopher MacArthur Boyd. Oh yes, That's such a good, such a good act. That accent, the oh, it's like an anvil on a tofu. It's just heavy, heavy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was quite obvious you are from Malaysia, Singapore. Mm -hmm. So the only question people have to ask is which one that uh, you're from. I mean, clearly I look like I have money. So Singapore. Don't say that. Uncle Roger is from Malaysia. He has yeah. money too. Yeah, look at that goddamn outfit. Okay, is there a difference between the rich people from Singapore and rich people from KL? Or what's the other town? Penang? I think the rich people in Singapore have money. The rich people in KL pretend to have money. Because remember, they, they're little, rich. <laughs> little bitch. No, yes, true. Oh, they're rich, but they're also three times poorer than us right. because of the exchange rate. Okay, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. In every big city around the globe, you have this big suburban area that's basically the hinterland, right? Mm -hmm. So you have New Yorkers who look down people from New Jersey, or you have Londoners who look down people from what we call the M25, the wider yeah. urban area. But Singapore is so small, there must be people who live on the side of Malaysia and commute into Singapore to work. Yeah, I uh, guess, right? Johor Bahru. So what are they like? Oh, they're cool. They're cool. I have no issues. You need them as clean oh. ladies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say that, but during the pandemic, so the Singapore, Malaysia, both the street borders and the air borders are actually the most busy channels in the world. Because you guys didn't shut down the border between each other. No, even before, no, before the shutdown and even after now, just due to the number of people that are working from Singapore, working in Malaysia, Malaysia's working in Singapore, all people from around the world who are flying in and need to get to the other country just due to travel. Like, you mean their, like their plane lands in Malaysia or their plane lands in Singapore and right. they need to get to the other. The Changi Airport, what? Yeah, the busiest airport. Yeah, Changi to KLIA. That's one of the busiest air channels in the world. Okay, the channel Bar being none. the Malaga Strait or something? Is that how you call the it? The Malaga Strait. No, it's in like, no, it's in like the pathway between Changi Airport mm. and KLIA. That's one of the busiest in the world. The, the causeway between Singapore and Malaysia just on that highway, one of the busiest in the world as well. The difference between Malaysia and Singapore is both are multi-ethnicity nation, but Chinese is a minority in Malaysia, whereas yes. Chinese Singaporean is the dominant ethnic group. Yes, you are absolutely But correct. your founding father, Li mm -hmm. Guangyu, when he set up the country, he was well aware of the potential conflicts between different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. So he didn't pursue a aggressive Mandarin or Chinese languages <sighs> policy. But that's what I assume would okay, we, we, we clarify a little bit on Now, that. we are entering the Lee Kuan. So for those of you that do not know, I, I'm going to keep this as light as possible. So the guy who found... Uh, I'm just saying, he Singapore. can't say this, but I can say because I'm from a true democratic country and Singapore really isn't. So if Sam... <laughs> Taiwan, <gone>, sure. <laughs> yeah, if Sam goes <laughs> too far... Too far. Is this a chance he might get prosecuted or get some penalty from his government? So, yeah. by the way, homosexuality, it was only legalized in Singapore last year, but congratulations yeah. Thank to you. you. You're little twink. All right, okay, so. <laughs> it's a bit of a curious thing with this man. A lot of people like this guy in my country and around the world. He basically turned the fishing nation into one of the most expensive, most prosperous places in the world. Of course, we've got a little bit of law building there, a little bit of bullshit, as you do with your legends and your legacies. As to his policies on race and everything, yes and no. There is a point where he realized, okay, we don't really want to split the races, but he also understood that he didn't really want to go 
one race is better than the other because at that point we were quite close to Malaysia and Malaysia had a Malay majority. So he basically wanted to go to Singapore and go like, hey guys, let's not care about who's the majority, knowing full well that if they did care, then of course the Malays would have power in Singapore. Because he also tried to push the Chinese majority throughout Malaysia when we were part of it. He actually tried to contest in more seats in Malaysia. So than he just was Singapore. trying to make Singapore less Chinese than it actually. <laughs> no, actually he was trying to make it more on the slide by ignoring the majority of Malays in Malaysia, which was the bigger country that we were part of at the time. Mm-hmm. It's to ignore that also in Singapore by going, hey, who cares? We're all equal. Therefore, he could ignore the fact that Malays in Singapore, although minorities, could take power. In case British audience, you don't know, you guys kind of made this happen. Yeah, no, no, no you totally made this happen. <laughs> yeah, Lee Kuan Yew, before he passed away, mm-hmm. he wanted to do what French President Macron does in Europe. He wanted to mediate between Taiwan and China. Although he, like, I thought he wanted another wife. And just thought, take your f- Singaporean fingers out of this country. Actually, uh, Singapore is actually very important in the opening of US-China relationships. Nixon wanted to do a lot of trade relations with China, but he didn't know how to, so he actually came to Singapore and used us as the intermediary into China. Ah, so, so we, you've been a whore since the 70s. We've always had to be the whore. <laughs> No, Look at uh, us, and you say we are the size of a little dewdrop, so we have to be the diplomatic halls of the world. touring in continental Europe and now you've come to the UK. What difference do the audience feel like to you? I think for a lot of continental Europe, people know what stand-up is, but it's not as, let's say, how long stand-up has been around in the UK. On this trip is the first time I've ever been to a public transportation, like an underground or a train system. First time ever, I have seen a comedy club as a landmark. That blows my mind. You mean like as in the UK in London yeah, now? Yeah, London, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is wild. I see posters on the subway for Daniel loss. Mm. It is such a big a thing. prevalent thing. It's such thing. a thing in people's it's lives. It's such a thing, yeah, where people just go to comedy shows here. I would say in Singapore, most of the time we have a huge number of people who are at their first ever comedy show or they haven't been at a comedy show for years. Is the stand-up comedy a bit like a newish or underground thing and people are still learning? There's an expression in Mandarin, the blind, they are trying to map out mm. the shape of the elephant by yeah. touching. Mm. So people have a vague idea, but they are still trying to see yeah. exactly what I, and I think also same thing with Europe where they do know what stand-up is they're a little bit further along I think they're also going through the same issues with majority of Asia where English isn't the primary language mm-hmm. so based on what I'm seeing and what I think will happen for a lot of these European countries it's going to be a bit of an English scene that grows to some prominence and then the local scene stand-up comedy in the local language will take over so people learn the crap by doing English comedy and they transfer some of the I skills think you'll eventually be. so you're saying when you visited those European countries you feel like there are some between how Singapore is a baby in stand-up culture, whereas UK, this is much more developed. So this difference, what does that translate into the audience reaction or different things you need to do or different skill need to have to be able to have a good gig? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't have to work as hard. I don't have to sell every joke as hard because I trust the audience understands what a joke is. They understand where, where a setup where? and punch here in the in UK. UK. Okay. In, in Singapore and parts of Asia, I have to really make it very clear with the the intonation and 
the delivery that this is a setup and this is a punchline. Whereas here, I can just take my time. I don't have to write as simple of formulas of jokes where I don't have to be like set up, punch, punch, punch. I can just do a long story if I want to and then put punches in between and the audiences won't get bored if it's a longer story. They are invested, they are willing to listen because they understand that's how stand-up works, which is really nice. It feels like that scene in Dragon Ball, like Goku comes on and that guy is like, oh, what, you think just taking off some leg weights and then Wukong drops it and it falls to the floor instead of just landing like with a thud, it breaks the concrete and the guy goes, oh no, he's been only using 20% of his power. That's okay. so what I feel when I come here. I was like, oh, I I can do so much more. I have been so limited in what I can do in Asia. Okay, so let me roll back a little bit outside of UK when mm-hmm. you are performing in Asia or in continental Europe where they are still learning what stand-up comedy can be as mm-hmm. audience. It's quite difficult for you to do dry not even dry, just anything that isn't... Let's hear. You have to exaggerate. Yeah, them. I don't know how to describe it without going to inside baseball. Basically, you have to explain to them what stand-up comedy is and then perform it within your set. You have to show them, here's what a joke looks like, here's what a joke sounds like. I'm not going to go to any long-form stories because you guys might not understand or they might be a bit confused why it's taking so long to get to a punchline. They need to be coddled in a sense. They need to be taken care of. We need to do enough crowd work to let them know, hey, well, we have jokes relax relax whereas here it's like i see acts who perform like seven minutes with just some laughs the audience are just engrossed because the story is just so engaging and but that would never happen in a stand-up night anywhere else okay but i would say there are certain venues or certain places in the uk the audience wouldn't expect that oh, though yeah. they would course, want yeah. punchy stuff yeah, but I it's know. also like venue to venue right but there are a good number of places where that is like hey people understand i have a, a joke so this is my joke i think it's an example to explain once did. So the joke is I mm-hmm. went for an acupuncture session and I asked the acupuncturist what his hobby is. He then said my hobby is fencing. Now this is not a big belly laughter joke but there is some funny in it. In the UK I trust that I can stop the joke at the acupuncturist that his hobby is fencing. If I stop at that point not everyone would get some it people will get, some but people some get. people will yeah. because the UK audience goes to so many comedy shows they are trained to to always think what's can't, between yeah, the lines. But you can't really do that in Asia. You do that. And I've not tried it, but my presumption has been if mm-hmm. I were to go to Asia to do this joke, yeah. I actually have to physically perform the yes. act of doing actual puncher and the act of doing fencing. Ah, this is the guy who is stuck in the pattern to always poking. Yeah, you have to like spell it out for these. Yeah, and I think this is an example you have to spoon feed yeah, your audience. And also, As someone who is not from the UK and you carry your accent, did you feel you have to do some disclaimer and explain your accent when you perform in the UK and in continental Europe? Not really. I mean, once I just say I'm from Asia, they understand. Because I think they can see. And then when I have an accent, they can actually vaguely understand. I'm not sure if it's vaguely understood, but so far I haven't had too many complaints. Most of the time, the audience is close. They're relieved. Because I do understand like the same thing when I started out when I saw like a really American act and went, hi, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm not going to understand any of this shit because of the references. Oh, you mean not the language, but because of the accent, you just think that, oh my God, you yeah. come from the world outside Asia, so and you're I'm gonna, not going to get your references. Yeah. That's why when I come in, I try my best to do like what I call when I perform in the West, which I'm trying to hopefully will drop over time, which is the introduction set, which is the, your first three minutes. Hi, my name is this and I am from this. Here's some information about my country, which so far has worked pretty well. There's only 
one clap, it didn't quite work because I can tell that clap was very much the we want to watch comedy. We don't need the introduction set. We can just get into it. But I still feel it's important to do that because especially for someone like myself who isn't a known quantity in this neck of the woods, I think it's important. Once you are a bit more of a known quantity, then you can do like just go on stage and go, hi. Like Let's talk about this introductory set a bit more. Basically for us, it is the admin. Yeah. And well, the best we can do is to make the admin slightly funnier. But we don't do it because it's the best joke we have. We have to yeah. do it because we have to get mm-hmm. ourselves into the neutral position to be able to do a lot of different jokes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like, hey, I might be talking about my country or about myself and about my culture. Unlike, let's say, a white act from the UK, he doesn't need the introductory set because you all know him. He's no, one of you No, but if he's from a different region with a very strong accent, they do have to do that Yeah, as well, exactly. Though. Was it through a hard lesson you've learned? Because before this trip, you've come to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So do you remember when you first made that journey and mm-hmm. you didn't try to explain yourself? Was there an experience of oh, bombing or disconnect? No, uh, I actually started traveling in my comedy career from the year two onwards. So I just always had this in the back of my pocket. I think that first show I did, I didn't do enough of an explanation. And from there, I had like a senior tell me, yeah, you can't just jump in, do your set that you do back home. You have to sort of warm them up to you and your style. When you approach any new country or city, when you are not known, people are taking a chance on you so they don't feel obliged to laugh at you because they paid like 80 pounds for your ticket. Mm -hmm. You have to basically go, I know what I'm doing. I'm here to make you laugh. I'm not here to do comedy from home. I am here doing my job, entertaining y'all. And the introductory set is to let them know, hey, I'm good. That's a very interesting point. I don't think I've ever Mm. picked up. You're saying that there's a risk without explaining our accent gives people the fear that we are not competent not even the accent, in doing the, the what face, we do. The face as well. Like straight up. <laughs> when you are coming in as an outsider into a scene and the audiences who are very, especially in the UK, where they're accustomed to a certain style, a certain pattern, when they see something different, there will be apprehension. Everyone's always apprehensive of new stuff. If you let them know through an introductory set that, hey, cool I know what I'm doing I didn't come here and try to translate material from a different language I understand your ideals and I'm here bring mine as well I don't think they're always apprehensive about differences I think in at least some bigger city in certain clubs they are eager to see something that's quite different oh no people would want to see difference but you also need to but you can only be that much different you can't be too different permanent bow-tied performer. Not always, though. Not always? Sometimes I wear a bolo. Right, okay. It's always, it's fancy Do you always mention you're gay in your set? (laughs) Depends on the material. Depends on the material. Did you feel you had to carry yourself slightly differently in different European countries this time? (laughs) Not at all. The only place I've ever had to carry myself slightly differently was, hmm, was there any place? Oh, it's... Malaysia. Yeah, (laughs) You're not wrong, actually. I have played in Brunei and Oman. Malaysia's the only place they went, can you not say you're gay? Oh, the promoter asked you specifically. Yeah, like, you know, make too many gauges. Can you make, no make any single gauges? And like, I have done Brunei and the Middle East and you are the only ones that have got like are scared what the shit them in Singapore them in Singapore you say well, whenever I read on western media Taiwan is the most gay friendly country in Asia part of me feel proud part of me also feel like yeah but the competition is so low yeah. when you're a neighbor with Malaysia it's not difficult oh, to oh. be <laughs> but apart from the Malaysian promoter this time not a single European country you feel like you had to no why would they give a shit I mean I would say there's only one country that would give a shit and I'm not planning to play in Russia anytime soon. (laughs) 
What one act did offer me to play in Russia, yeah. and now even he can't go back to Russia. I was trying to find a clip of you causing the international incident, as you described. Oh, it's not online. It's not online. I have the episode. You have the episode. I have the episode. Okay, I don't I'm not it. gonna broadcast. Can you let me see? I want. Yeah, uh, I can literally the, I can, <laughs> the only I can clip. Show, the only I can clip the I can set, find yeah. is yeah. you being talked about by a news app. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you. Once you see the clip, you would just go, "Wait, where's the incident moment?" And I'll be like, "It's there." <laughs> and you'll be like, "That was nothing." And I'll be like, "I know." No, no, no. I know it's nothing, but because it's Singapore, I fully no, it's expect. No, Singapore. It was Malaysia. Or Malaysia. Yeah, I during, do. During an election season. Yeah, I do expect them to play this. Because the racial tension between different ethnic groups in Southeast Asia is a very big topic, which I'm not gonna touch today. Oh yeah, this is it's not it's not that kind of podcast. This that's a no, that's no. a it's off because I don't I don't <laughs> Come on, don't you want to get more Irish listeners? Nah, it's okay. I didn't particularly want to mention. I mean, it's a very important part of you. Part of me feel like having done a military service is such a thing of mine. This is my unique selling point. And I went to the French festival, found the more Twinkie shape, beautiful yeah. Asian act doing similar material. Or yeah, but I was a, but I was a clerk, so I I don't even have enough good material about it. What do you mean a clerk? I was a clerk in the army, like just tippity tap admin guy. Oh, I, like a low rank one. No, no, I mean no, I was high rank, but I was just a high rank clerk. <laughs> I just did admin, I did an office job. Okay, just as a fellow cam gamer who has done the military mm. service, I think Sam's material on his army experience is brilliant. So if you oh, ever get you. a chance to see, I don't know whether he was doing this to go see him. <laughs> or gotta... you can join the army again and write some Fuck that shit! <laughs> I don't hate myself enough to go back to that hellhole. Also, oh. I have been honorably discharged, which means even in the event of a war, I cannot be brought back unless decreed by my government itself that I can be what have you done to be honorably discharged? Have you stuck off all the generals in the Mentally army? ill! Ah. Right, so they use the honorable in a sarcastic way then. No, no, it's honorable because I'll put it this way. I don't think it'd be really good PR to dishonorably discharge someone with mental <laughs> illness. Like, so what the reason? I've this? got depression. Come on, I don't think that helps the situation. I think even the army, God bless them, knew better than that. Okay, so this has been our guest today, the honorably discharged ex-army oh, man. All rise for the honorably Shu, discharged. Shu Wei Xiong. Is that your Mandarin name? That is my Mandarin name. How do you say that in Hokkien? Wei Xiong. Once again, I don't speak any Hokkien. <laughs> you keep looking at me like it's no, these goddamn I, I wanted languages. to ask you as the opening question, but yes. I found a mm-hmm. newspaper clip of you at, in Mandarin. So I know, oh, oh, yeah. This is the, Sam's the, the, name. The, the interview was in English. They gave it to me to proofread and I had to give it to my boyfriend they're like babe could you help me read this I don't read any Chinese you're so bad but I was gonna say for that newspaper article in Chinese the main title was sowing the seeds of joy to feel like you're ejaculating yeah, sowing no, the seeds yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I talked about being gay, which is so wild that I was able to say that I was gay in a national newspaper. Do you think they did it on purpose? You know, I asked them, like, do you want me to say this? And they're like, we're trying to appear more liberal. <laughs> trying to appear more liberal by having coded filthy language. Yeah, because yeah, it's, uh, it's like, uh, known for being like a bit tabloidy. And it's a morning paper as yeah, well. Yeah. Right, how do people find you on social well, media? Well, you can find me on social media at Mr. Sam C. That's just three words, M-R-S-A-M-S-E. E, eight letters in every single one of the social medias on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, OnlyFans, 
No, 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 only fans. But you made it sound like you were quick in setting all this up. But the yeah. fact is, you have to do Mr. Sam C because Sam C was already taken by someone. No, actually, no. I chose Mr. Sam C because I knew Sam C would be taken. Uh, Mr. Sam C is distinct enough. Right. And I didn't want to do Sam C comedy. Just uh, hey, my title is Quantum Comedy. What's wrong with You got a bit more pizzazz. But the only. All right, we'll end, we are end on that point. I'm gonna thank you again for coming onto the podcast. It's been Mr. Sam C. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And a happy Chinese New Year to you. Oh, maybe I should cut it off because you will be only broadcast in April. Sing Ning Kwai Le. In advance for like a good 10 months.